Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Bengalis in New York show. My name is Arik and uh, we were repping it for, you know, the Bronx, Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, and all over the world. So welcome and enjoy. Alrighty, hi Mato, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. And, you know, upon research and looking at your Instagram and just, you're just so young getting involved in politics. What got you started in it? Mm, I would say what got me started, uh, I guess like earlier on in my childhood, uh, Mm -hmm. I'd say just right before uh, Barack Obama got elected, uh, it was seeing him, you know, run for office. And from there on, it was my parents who you know, encouraging me to follow a path on that. Um, you know, earlier when I was a kid, I didn't really understand what was going on in the debates, but we'd still watch it anyways. Um, you know, I was, I was probably like uh, maybe nine years old. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's really yeah. young. Yeah. But uh, ever since uh, Barack Obama did get elected, uh, my parents have been encouraging me, like, you know, um, following the path. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if Barack Obama can do it. Anyone can do it. He broke like the biggest barrier uh, facing um, us in America, the racial barrier. Yes, exactly. Um, yep. You know, we've heard of the glass ceiling, um, which is basically uh, how uh, women um, would be, I guess, like discouraged from moving up on the ladder in whatever role, whatever job it may be. Uh, but I would say this is uh, equivalent to what it was for the racial um, disparity that we've been facing in America. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so interesting that you mentioned um, this like barrier that certain people, certain groups of people have, like for instance, the racial barrier. And speaking of the gender barrier, I am actually very much interested in politics. I've been interested in politics my whole life. Mm-hmm. I'm the outspoken one in the family. I'm called like a chalak, I guess, because <laughs> I'm always speaking my voice on certain political matters. Mm-hmm. And I remember one time my dad told me women can't be president. Mm -hmm. And that just sort of was the tipping point for me. Like, okay, this, I need to get involved in politics now. Because Mm -hmm. if an older generation is believing this, Mm -hmm. I have the need to counteract that. Mm -hmm. Did you ever face a scenario in which someone told you you can't be in politics or you Mm -hmm. shouldn't be, or you should just let someone else take care of it? Uh, yes. Um, well, a lot of, uh, people like, you know, even now, um, there are people in our own communities, even, Mm -hmm. um, you know, mentioning how, uh, people like us can't, you know, run for office, uh, either because they don't, they don't believe that we've been part of the community, um, out there, you know, helping our community. But, uh, in reality, uh, I feel like it's just closed mindedness that's Mm. been, um, you know, uh, providing a narrow vision of, um, almost like a tunnel vision, but, um, in regards to just like shutting down young voices. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that you said that we're not like a part of the community. We're not as much mm-hmm. as engaged as we should be. Do you feel that that's a huge issue where Bengalis are mm-hmm. kind of faceless in the name of local politics? Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel like uh, in general, um, we're not as involved in the process. Like, uh, we've been kept out, mm-hmm. um, left out by electeds, uh, you know, we see with David Wepren, who is one of the opponents of our slate. Mm-hmm. Um, not only I, but uh, Mafuzul Islam and Ali Najmi together were running against him. 
Uh, David Wepren holds three seats. He's state assemblyman, which is what Mafuzel is running against him for. Uh, he's the judicial delegate, which is what Ali Najmi is running against him for. And he's also the district leader, which I am actually running. He holds three seats. Three. For how long has he been doing this for? Uh, well, his family has held this lineage for I, over like decades, over two decades. Mm-hmm. Um, so it started out with his dad, uh, Saul Wepren. Then it was his brother, Mark Wepren, and then now it's him. So, yeah, David Wepren. See, we uh, we have we interviewed um, some other political candidates in New York City, uh, Mary Jo Bida, mm-hmm. and then some other people. And the conversation that always comes up is term limits mm-hmm. and how these people just keep their seats because of lineage. That's mm-hmm. a huge. Does that bother you in any way? Where it's like, how do these people keep their seats for so long just because of lineage? Yeah, yeah, uh, it definitely bothers me because they're basically using their family name. Um, and that recognition to help, you know, with them in their elections, even if they're doing uh, work in the community, that's not really representative. Like it's not reflective of our diversity. Uh, they're not really hearing us, hearing our concerns. Um, people knew his father, Saul Weprin, and that's most likely why they're supporting David right now. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned hearing our concerns. And as you're running for district leader, what are some concerns that you would like to address? Uh, well, concerns as in bridging the gap between our community and electeds. Mm-hmm. So as district leader, I'd probably, um, you know, like as in that position, I'd be able to voice our concerns uh, and bring that directly up to the electeds. Um, And, you know, uh, one of the biggest concerns I had was hate crimes because our communities have been deeply impacted by that. Um, My father, personally, he's a New York City taxi cab driver. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's been involved in two um, hate crimes where he was uh, assaulted by his passenger. Now, Uh, this was, I'm sorry to interrupt, but was this, what was the target? Was it just because he was Bengali? What was the means for it? I believe it was because he was Muslim. Uh, One of the hate crimes occurred right after 9-11. Um, the other one occurred actually just recently, last uh, January, um, January 2019, actually. Um, and this was him uh, finishing up his last ship at work and, you know, dropping off the passenger. And then um, his passenger basically was very aggressive and wanted to, um, well, well, he was fighting with his uh, spouse who's in the car too. Mm-hmm. So the passenger and his uh, spouse were arguing all the way. And, um, you know, uh, my father was just dropping them off, but they didn't seem like they wanted to pay, uh, which is why uh, they were, you know, using like racial slurs. Uh, well, you know, offending offensive terms mm-hmm. against my dad, because, you know, as you're uh, driving a taxi, you have your plate number and, you know, your name uh, showing on the back in the back seat, and I believe that's what actually raised um, the issue in general. And how, you know, as you're running for district leader, how are you going to go about tackling hate crimes? Because it's a, you know, just because of the things that are going on right now, mm-hmm. it, it takes somebody in a really high position. I'm not going to mention names here, but there are some people who they're in such influential positions, but are just taking the wrong turn about things. How would you, when you attain this position, go about things like this? Well, definitely holding our electeds accountable, uh, 
you know, as I mentioned with David Weprin, if he's not bringing up these concerns, we'd be the ones who'd uh, bring it up to them. And if they're not doing their part, then we'd uh, basically uh, get people um, to put pressure on them and then hold them accountable on that. Um, whether it be ensuring that we elect the right person for that position in the future, um, or just like raising the concerns online with social media, and that way it attracts more attention. Uh, we also contact the media. The media would do their part in ensuring that this is covered. I really like that idea because, you know, there are so many people who go about running for a candidate in office or local politics, and they have this vision of what they want, but they don't have the steps to take it. And I really like how you laid out the steps, which mm -hmm. obviously I wish I was in New York City. I'm in upstate New York, actually. And mm -hmm. I don't face the things that people in New York City would face. So do you believe that the issues you're tackling on are secured just for New York City or for New York State as a whole? Mm, I would say it primarily, well, as district leader, it's mostly focusing on the Queens Democratic Party and mm -hmm. what we could do from Queens. Um, I'd like to think that it'd have an impact in New York in general um, as a whole uh, state, but it's more or less uh, from our community right here. Mm -hmm. So in the Jamaica, you know, Queens Village, Belrose, uh, Richmond Hill, this uh, particular area. Now, does Queens, I've read upon this a bit, deal with a lot of gentrification? Uh, we've been seeing it, yeah, uh, very constantly. Um, uh, time after time, rent has been increasing. Uh, as soon as the news on the Amazon deal was announced by Governor Cuomo, mm -hmm. uh, that's when it's been very reflective that rent uh, has increased. Uh, I've been doing research on housing because even with where we're, where we're living right now, rent is really high and it's you know very unaffordable and so that, you know, people like me, like we've been constantly searching like different places where we could potentially move. Um, and seeing that uprise uh, ever since that news was announced, mm -hmm. I believe like a two bedroom, two bathroom used to be $1,600 before the Amazon news uh, came out. Uh, but then right after it, you know, skyrocketed to like now we're seeing $2,000 for a two bedroom, two bathroom, maybe even more. My sister lives in New York City. She's a teacher, and mm -hmm. she has a very quaint apartment, you know, nothing special. And in fact, it has a lot of issues with the apartment, and her rent is something like 2200 plus. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy because she's living alone, and, you know, teacher now, you know, in lockdown and everything, wouldn't get paid as much. And this was because in the last few years, her rent just, like, skyrocketed. And for a long time, I didn't realize what it was until I learned about gentrification. I was like, with the whole Amazon deal and um, LIC, LIC is where the Amazon workers are, I believe. Uh, and that was what caused the rent to go up. Mm -hmm. And also touching on another topic, I mentioned this at the beginning of the interview, you're just so young. And um, I aspire to be somebody like you who's just going out there and running and just doing everything they can. In college, did you see yourself running for district leader? Uh, I wouldn't say I was, you know, like imagining uh, running for, you know, district leader in college. Mm -hmm. um, what made me decide to major in political science, I would say, and get back on that path was uh, seeing Bernie Sanders run for president. Um, I, I, you know, had found out that he went to Brooklyn College um, and then he, you know, I believe he moved over to Chicago. Mm -hmm. uh, but then he you know, majored in political science and uh, seeing him run for office for president, speaking the truth, uh, addressing corruption for what it is, 
you know, uh, whether it be from cor- uh, corporations, uh, the establishment, um, whoever it may be, he always called them out and was the first one to do so. And with that, it just like inspired me uh, to continue this path. You, oh my God, I love how you mentioned calling out because I am, I graduated early from high school and just because I wanted to um, start my career in political science early on, I was taking a international, um, introduction to international affairs class about a month ago. And we were talking about Bernie, this was before Bernie Sanders dropped out of the race. Mm-hmm. And I had some conservatives in the class mentioning that Bernie Sanders is a part of the Brown Shirts Party and how he's a revolutionary and he wants to take the country and flip it over and just start a whole new country. And I'm just thinking in my head that, well, if he's a revolutionary, doesn't that mean he wants to revolutionize what is incorrect about our country and move forward? I don't know if you've heard that there are these allegations where, you know, he's trying to change the country as a whole and completely take down those in power. How do you feel about those arguments? Mm, I would say, like, more or less, uh, Bernie has been standing for a vision that's for the American people and for everyone's best interest. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the top 1%, but uh, it's for the common good in general. Um, right. For, you know, what's best for the people. And that was very reflective. The message resonated with me and a lot of Americans. Um, and that's a lot... You know, one of the main reasons why we've all been volunteering, you know, donating or helping campaigns like Bernie, um, you know, with AOC, um, other candidates who have been resonating that same message. Mm -hmm. It's been why we've been following their, um, you know, footsteps. Right. And as you're running for a district leader, Mm -hmm. once you attain that position, do you see yourself kind of in a higher position after a few Mm -hmm. years? What what are your future goals after that? Mm -hmm. Well, my future goals, um, I would say going to law school and then maybe after considering a path in politics, um, you know, as district leader, it's more of a volunteer position. It's, uh, you know, community-based uh, way for me to help our community bridge that gap between them and the electeds, as I mentioned, you know, earlier. Um, but yeah, this is more of a starting point and ho- hopefully it could, you know, uh, bring me to a path uh, somewhere in the future down the line in politics. So uh, are you as district leader kind of a face for the people who don't have a voice in your community? Would you say that's how it is? Cause you mentioned bridging the gap. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I am right now, but as district leader, I hope that that uh, becomes what, you know, the role is, mm-hmm. that, you know, everything is, um, everything works out. And um, from there on, I'd be able to help bring that, um, you know, bring about the change that I've been meaning to address. Inshallah. I just, I, I really love what you stand for. And, you know, as somebody who's younger than you and who wants to pursue something like this, what would your advice be to other Bengali youths out there who are steering and kind of like dabbling in politics, but aren't sure what to do? You know, what would, what would be the advice you'd give? The advice I'd give is, um, you know, anyone could get involved with politics. Um, there isn't really uh, you know, well, there's like an age requirement for some positions, stuff like that. But mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day, uh, if you want to get involved, you can. Anyone can. Uh, I'd recommend uh, watching the previous presidential debates uh, from this 2020 election. Um, you can find all those on YouTube. Uh, but also participating in elections, going out there to vote, encouraging your friends to vote, your family, 
uh, your neighbors in general. Um, but also, uh, I'd say, you know, working, well, volunteering for campaigns that actually resonate with you. Uh, just as I mentioned with Bernie, how his message uh, resonated with me. I have volunteered for him. I've donated to his campaign. I've done whatever I can to help. Um, but we've been seeing the establishment uh, working uh, their way around um, his campaign and fulfilling their own agenda, um, not for the pe- uh, people, but for their own interests. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to do something different than that. We want to do what we can to help the people um, and not follow what the establishment would want for their right. agenda. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I want to touch upon two things, which one thing is completely what you mentioned a while back, and that's going back to hate crimes. Mm-hmm. What other issues do you wish to tackle on as district leader that perhaps maybe you witnessed in your community or you just see that are undermined? Mm-hmm. Undermined? Uh, like with the police, uh, whenever there is usually a hate crime incident that occurs, they don't really indicate it as a hate crime. Uh, they would just mark it off as an assault, whatever it may be. We've seen what happened with uh, someone in Ozone Park, one of our uncles in the Bangshi community, uh, was assaulted a few months back. Um, and even with that, it wasn't considered as a hate crime. Uh, we want to be sure um, we'll be able to address it for what it is, uh, call out our electeds for not stepping in when they it's their duty to step in, and hold them accountable for that, you know, if they don't. Uh, recognize us or our community. You know, I wonder what it is. Why don't the police establish it as a hate crime? Is it, do you think it's just something internalized or is this like an actual thing that's progressed over time where it's like, it's mm-hmm. easier to just not address it as a hate crime. It's easier that way. I mean, what do you think? I feel like our communities have been ignored largely. Um, it might be the possibility that there wasn't uh, a clear indication that it was a hate crime even though it was someone um, who, uh, you know, appeared to be uh, from our community and uh, someone from the Muslim community in general, uh, they should have been able to indicate that as a hate crime. But it was their ignorance that actually led them to not uh, address it. And uh, that's just my, my take on it. You know, the word ignorance is just, I find it so prevalent in the older generation, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. Um, And then this with this internalized racism, this internalized, you know, misogyny, all of this stuff is kind of due to ignorance. Mm -hmm. Do you ever feel that your take on politics will never change the mindset of the older generation? Do you feel that it's, Mm -hmm. it's just, there's no point in trying to teach them? Well, how I see it is um, just like AOC, uh, a lot of people didn't believe that it was possible for her to beat Joe Crowley, who's basically the political machine, um, just like that, if I were to be elected, then it would inspire many others to um, join, like want to also like potentially run in the future, but then also for our elders in our community um, to let them know that change is possible. Um, they should start believing in the youth um, because it, in the future, it's up to us to make the changes that we want for our community. Really, it is. It's all up to the youth, and I just constantly play that in my head. Like, if the if people who are older than me aren't going to do it, I have to do something because mm-hmm. I'm. Like, who else is going to do it? I can't wait for mm-hmm. somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I just want to touch base on something that people are afraid about in politics, and it's the resistance that you're met with. Mm-hmm. Um, politics is a really. Some people find it a sensitive topic, I guess, because mm-hmm. I the 
topic of like argumentation and tribalism. People are so sectionalized on, oh, I'm a Democrat, I'm a Republican, and you're wrong and I'm right. Mm-hmm. Have you ever faced like people who are just outwardly obnoxious and close-minded about politics? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I'm a Democratic Socialist. I'm part of DSA, uh, Democratic Socialists of America. I've faced with a lot of hate from people who are pro-establishment, pro-county, and who don't really align with our views. They don't believe in democratic socialism. They don't believe, uh, you know, uh, you know, healthcare should be free. Mm-hmm. They don't believe student debt should be forgiven. Uh, but this kind of mentality has to change. Um, they might not see it as something that concerns them, but you know, at the end of the day, we're all human beings. We should look out for one another. Look for the look for the well-being of our people, not you know what other um, what the establishment has on their agenda, what they'd want for their own agenda. You know, for our listeners, I would just love you, if you can, to describe and give a definition of what democratic socialism is, because some people perhaps may have the wrong interpretation of it. Mm-hmm. Well, democratic socialism, I would say, is uh, a sect of what Democrats would stand for, but it's more aligned to the progressive ideals and uh, ensuring what, we, what policies we push for is for the people. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my way of, of summing it up, but... Yeah, it's basically meeting um, the concerns that we want for the com- in um, reference to the common good, uh, which is uh, what we want for everyone. I would just love to ask you about your college experience with politics. Mm-hmm. Were you ever doubtful in your time studying politics? Were you ever like, I don't know if this is for me or if this is too far-fetched? Uh, I would say uh, just in time, as I started college, that's when the... 2016 presidential election cycle started mm-hmm. um and i mentioned it earlier but like seeing bernie sanders uh you know what what he's saying like his message was and his vision um seeing that he made majored in political science so that that actually led me to major in political science um but yeah like I, what was your question in reference to though like what led yeah. me to that Yeah. So a lot of times what, you know, with my friends who are studying politics, I hear a lot of them have doubts where I don't know if I'm going to make an impact in the world or I don't know Mm -hmm. if this studying this career is really for me. Have Mm -hmm. you ever faced doubts like that? I haven't faced doubts. I knew that was the major I was going to go with, um, but which led me to also consider, you know, um, expanding my, you know, path there in college. I knew that four years would be a limited time, but I wanted to uh, try to do as much as possible in re- in relations to uh, politics. But um, yeah. political science, um, you know, as you know, I'm, I also majored in uh, criminal justice. I was going to ask you about yeah, that. You yeah. beat me to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I chose that major not because it was just in, you know, in the college's name, you mm-hmm. know, John Jay College of Criminal Justice, but, you know, because it went work hand in hand with political science, um, with the uh, changes we wanted to see in our community. The criminal justice system wasn't working for everyone. Uh, we've been seeing that, you know, even to this day with what's going on with the Black Lives Matter movement, why we're actually out on the streets protesting. Um, just yesterday, I was actually um, in Diversity Plaza with my, my team from the Queens Mutual Aid Network. And uh, we've been protesting. We've been doing whatever you can to help, you know, donating food, uh, water, you know, helping the people there. Um, so going back to the fact that you majored in political science, I also noticed that you also studied criminal justice. How do you find that these two go hand in hand? Well, uh, w- one of the reasons why I actually majored in criminal justice was uh, not just because of the name, 
this isn't the name um, Dante calls criminal justice, but uh, because I knew that the criminal justice system didn't work for minority communities like ours. Uh, you know, there's a time I actually considered going through the NYPD route uh, to change the system from the inside. But, uh, you know, looking back at it, it wasn't the path for me. Uh, even though criminal justice and political science go hand in hand, um, the real way to make change in the system uh, would be by not just lawyers, but lawmakers. And, uh, you know, as an elected official, uh, maybe even as a district leader, you'd have a say in how that could be changed. So you mentioned that, you know, being a district leader or being a lawmaker will truly make change. Is that what drew you towards the position of district leader or were there other things that drew you towards this position? Well, it was one of the main reasons why I wanted to run for district leader. But um, I would say another reason would be, um, I I mentioned this earlier, but we've had a lack of representation uh, of the South Asian and Muslim communities here in New York for far too long. Uh, you know, from Assembly, City Council, Senate, even Congress, uh, there has been little to no representation. We haven't really had uh, elected officials representing our communities. Mm-hmm. And g- touching upon this idea of not being represented enough, can you just mention how long some of these people had their position mm-hmm. in office? Like how long they've had the chair? Mm-hmm. Because it's absolutely insane. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know, as I mentioned, my uh, my opponent, David Weprin, he and his family actually held the same seats for decades. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, first it was his father, Saul Weprin, then it was his son, um, who is uh, Mark Weprin, and then it was eventually passed on to David Weprin. Uh, so, you know, this kind of dynasty kind of system, a family <laughs> holding seat uh, for this, this long, it's, it's surprising. It shouldn't be allowed. I'm wondering, isn't there, it's just because, you know, I'm not too familiar with this process. Shouldn't there be a term limit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, especially for state assembly, unfortunately, they, there's no term limit. Uh, the same goes for district leaders. Uh, they don't have a term limit. Um, so, like, you'd have to run again every two years. That's the only thing. But uh, there really wouldn't be any uh, limit to how long you'd be in office. So um, you could go as long as you want. Um, Unfortunately, there's no way to hold that accountable. Wow, that's, that's, I just don't believe that's democratic or at all. But, you know, I'm hoping that with you being in office and so many other people, that change will really be made. And I 100% believe in that. Um, so we're talking about you a lot. I would love to scope backwards and talk about your family. How, is, how have they responded to you starting a mm-hmm. campaign and studying political science? I mean, my family has always been supportive. Um, you know, as I mentioned uh, earlier on, it was seeing Barack Obama run for president. Um, my family and I would watch the debates, but, you know, as a kid, I didn't really understand it, the process that much. I didn't really, you know, know what was going on. But whenever I hear, yes, you can, you know, that actually made me want to joke about, you know, my own slogan uh, that I want to use, which is, you know, yes, you can. <laughs> I love your slogan. Can we just hear you say it? Yeah, yes, we can. <laughs> So that that goes out to all my Bengali folk out there with the last name Khan. Is that is that what I'm assuming? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I find that very very clever, you know. And you, I, you mentioned that you took it from uh, Obama's slogan. Am I, if I'm right? Yes, we can. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a pun, but you know, I also want to show, like, you know, as a Democrat, I believe in a vision where uh, our elected officials work for the people, and that change is possible. 
that's amazing. And I really, really admire that as well. And I wish I lived in New York City to be able to, to vote for you. But for those who do live in New York City right now, could you just touch base on how they can get involved and mm-hmm. what the absentee ballot process is? Yeah, yeah. So um, as, if anyone's interested in getting involved, uh, anyone can get involved with politics. Um, I'd recommend watching the previous debates, um, especially the presidential ones that have been going on for 2020, um, because that's where a lot of the systemic issues uh, we face today are actually brought up. Um, And this platform actually allows uh, everyone in America to get to know everyone's stances, all the candidates who are running. Uh, Even though now there's, uh, you know, just Joe Biden, uh, technically Bernie Sanders is still on the ballot, um, you know, which is why people are still voting uh, for Bernie. Um, But yeah, like uh, your second part of the question was in reference to uh, just how they could get involved. Is that correct? Uh, Yeah, yeah. just letting our audience members know if they're just not sure where to start. Mm -hmm. Uh Um, So in regards to that website, nycabsentee.com, if you're interested in voting, you can vote safely from home by requesting an absentee ballot on that website. Um, It only takes about two minutes to fill out, and they'd be mailing it over to you within, I'll say, a week. Uh, Then you'd just have to fill it in and then mail it back. Um, the deadline to request an absentee ballot is June 16th, um, but even if you weren't able to do that, you can still vote in person at your local poll site, um, and the election's on June 23rd. Okay, great. Thank you so much for mentioning that, and that's really, really helpful. So mm-hmm. I kind of want to backtrack a little bit and touch upon exactly what you would like to tackle as district leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, well, as district leader, um, I wanted to ensure that there's transparency and that our community is part of the, the process. I, and I want to be the bridge between them and our elected officials, um, making sure that our concerns are heard and addressed the right way. Um, I also want to hold our elected officials accountable um, because, you know, th- there's been a lot of things going on with the establishment and they haven't really been held accountable. Um, They've been in office for far too long. Uh, but yeah, like, uh, what was your question in reference to? So as district leader, are there any specific social issues that you would like to address in your time as district leader, or maybe you've mm-hmm. even started now? Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's been a lot going on in the absence of our community leaders. Uh, we haven't really seen them joining us out in the streets and protesting. They've been really... Uh, I would say just ignoring our communities. Uh, I feel. Don't you think that people who are lawmakers and wanting change would join actively? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we'd hope that that would be the case, but unfortunately, it's not. Um, we we should definitely have our elected officials out there with us, joining us in our movement, rather than just taking money from police unions and doing the opposite of what we'd expect them to do. That's, That's exactly what David Weprin's been doing. I find that really, really interesting because, I don't know, it just seems like people who are in law would want to get actively involved. I've, that's crazy. Um, mm-hmm. 
So going to your future and just giving advice for other people, because I'm a public speaker. I've been a public speaker for years now and advocating for human rights. I just, I'm quite young still, and I don't know where to start. For people like me and for other Bengali youth, what would be some piece of advice if they want to take charge in politics? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, as I mentioned before, uh, following up with the previous 2020 presidential debates, but then also helping cam- campaigns that you stand, um, you know, you stand for. The ideas you share uh, that resonate with you, um, whether that be, you know, you phone banking for them, door knocking, donating. Uh, there's, you know, many ways to get involved. Uh, mm-hmm. That's the best way, you know, I'd recommend for our community, especially uh, to be able to have a seat on the table. What if there's this sense of intimidation? Because, you know, politics is generally uh, met with resistance from a lot of people and met with argumentation. How would you go about tackling intimidation? Have you ever met resistance yourself? I mean, uh, we've been seeing with David Rupert, he actually called out uh, my slate for actually exposing the, you know, corruption he's been committing. Really? Uh, Wow. So he sent out a whole email to people in the district, uh, you know, to his supporters, letting them know that, you know, his opponents were saying this and that. Uh, But, you know, this is just us holding them accountable. Right, right. Wow. That's crazy. (laughs) So you provided really insightful information and a lot of great conversations. What is a lasting message you'd like to give to our listeners? Yeah, um, the establishment will continue to keep the status quo and say that we can't change the system, but together we'll tell them, yes, we can. That is awesome. I love that. (laughs) So your slogan is on your Instagram. It is everywhere. Can you talk about how you came about making such a clever line? Well, I was seeing Barack Obama run for president uh, back in 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing him use his famous lines, yes, we can. Uh, the message resonated with me and my family. Uh, but I'd always joke around saying, yes, we can, uh, because my last name was Khan, obviously. Uh, but with that, um, I've been using that slogan for years. I've used it for student government, and now I'm using it for uh, district leader, um, because it's really what symbolizes what my campaign's all about. Mm-hmm. So everybody, yes, we can vote for Malat of Khan and your election date is June 23rd? Uh, yeah, Tuesday, awesome. June 23rd. Uh, please come out to vote, everyone. Uh, this is a really important election. We are sharing this with the presidential election. Uh, we're sharing it with the Queensborough president election, uh, your local congress member, uh, your state assemblyman, uh, down to uh, district leader. Great, great, great. Awesome. So thank you so much for joining us today, Amatha. Everything we talked about, I thoroughly felt was introspective and really mm-hmm. engaging. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. Representing the boroughs where the bangles live From the slang we 